Sony. Hello, Canada. Today's date is March 28th, 2023. Welcome to a special edition of Canadian Common Sense interview special. Well, you know the city of Toronto, Canada, and if you do know the city of Toronto, you know that it is the largest city in Canada and the center of the known universe. So they do tend to show up in the news cycle once in a while. Uh, there was a mayor of the election or a municipal election, I should say, last fall, where Mayor John Tory won re-election. And not long after that election, it was discovered he had an inappropriate relationship with a staffer less than half his age. To his credit, Mayor Tory resigned, bringing about a by-election in Toronto. And so now we will be replacing the mayor of Toronto. And tonight we are talking with one of the candidates who wants to replace him. He is a published author. He has been a journalist for, I believe, 15 years. I've gotten to know him quite well over the last decade through his work with the Toronto Sun, the National Post, and most lately with True North News. And he is Anthony Fury. And we're glad to have him with the show today. Mr. Fury, welcome to Canadian Common Sense. Joni, thanks so much for having me. Privileged to be here. Well, it's uh, certainly a privilege to have you. So uh, let's just get right to it. Um, first question, how do you like being on that side of the microphone? Yeah, it is a little bit different. You know, it's it's interesting to uh, be out there as the candidate. But I, I do love it because after years of being in front of the microphone, one of the great honors of it is you get to connect with so many people, you talk with people, and, and as you know, the listeners write in, and you get to gauge the, the the sort of public pulse, you get a finger on the pulse of what people are thinking, and I've been talking to Toronto uh, small business owners, regular folks, people taking the subway, everything, I've been getting that inflow of information and just learning to respect uh, regular folks' voices, and that's what's compelled me to get into the race, just that relationship that I've been able to build with the readers and the listeners over the years and, and, and wanting to elevate their voices and bring their concerns to the fore. Well, fantastic. So that uh, sort of answers the, my, my next question. So uh, why run and why run now as opposed to six months ago? Yeah, great question. And a number of people have asked me that question. You know, when there's a strong incumbent in place, you sometimes feel like you can't get a great debate going. And right now, it looks like there's going to be a lot of candidates and a lot of candidates who have some name recognition. So we're going to have some exciting debates to really talk about the issues. And one of the reasons, Tony, I'm running is because even more recently, I mean, yes, six months ago, yes, the past few years, but now more than ever, people are really frustrated, I think, in Toronto about so many of the things that are going on. I'm the father of three small kids. I got three boys, five, seven, and nine. And, you know, I hear a lot of families talk about moving out of Toronto uh, for affordability reasons, for safety reasons, people saying it's just not working for me anymore. And it's really unfortunate. And I hear seniors saying uh, they used to go downtown more to go out for lunch, to go see a show. They're not doing that anymore. They feel there's too much urban decay going on. And that's very unfortunate because I love this city. I grew up here. And we're in it for the long haul, raising our kids here, and we want it to be a positive city. And right now, a lot of people are negative on it. And that's really upsetting to me. And I feel like the status quo people who got us to this place, where we have these concerns, are not the people to get us out of it. And Toronto needs a fresh voice, a fresh perspective. And I'm going to bring that to City Hall. That's why I want to be mayor. Well, that's fantastic. That's that's music to my ears. And you certainly have uh, been willing to connect with people. I mean, uh, you, you've been a journalist now, is it 15 years? To, uh, yeah, just about media? that. Just about oh. that. Oh, that's fantastic. So yeah, I'm sure you've had a lot of opportunities to 
connect with the with regular people. So what do you see as being the biggest issues that are facing Toronto right now? Yeah, good question. There's a few of them. Public safety, oh boy, it's such an issue. Some awful headlines. We're obviously seeing unfortunate things happen in a number of cities across Canada and Toronto particularly. Lots of things I want to do. There's some candidates running who they talked about defunding the police. It was very unfortunate to hear that. Look, I'm a supporter of rooting out the bad apples. And most cops I speak to say that too, because they don't want to have themselves be painted negatively by a few officers doing doing bad things. So by all means, police accountability is, is key. So many people threw the baby out with the bathwater. So many people disrespected the whole force. They threw all of them under the bus. I never did that. Lots of candidates did that. It's very unfortunate. And we need to back our officers and we need to have faith in them. At the same time, one thing I want to do a little differently that no candidates are talking about here. A lot of people tell me, a lot of the officers tell me, and a lot of the, the street nurses tell me that a lot of these random attacks we're seeing in Toronto are brought about in part due to the drug crisis, the opioid crisis. These random attacks are being done by people who are in a particular state of mind because of the drugs that they are dealing with. And we got to deal with the fact that we have a lot of people on drugs on our streets and a compassionate society doesn't keep people on drugs. It gets them off of drugs. We have all these injection sites, but what we need to do is push more towards treatment sites. They're doing it in different parts of the country. I was speaking with the Alberta premier, Danielle Smith recently about the powerful stuff she's doing there. We got to help our brothers and sisters on the street by getting them off drugs, getting their lives better. And by helping them, we help our communities because we reduce the number of people who are out and about prone to violence because of drugs. And I really want to push hard on that. And I think that's a nonpartisan issue. I think that's something everyone can come together on. You know what? That sounds great. And I'm actually glad you brought that up. Last weekend, I was actually just past weekend, I should say, I was in Vancouver. My, my brother-in-law had a birthday and he lives downtown. So um, unlike most tourists of Vancouver, I actually asked if he would take me for a walk down East Hastings and check out the, the downtown east side who is in you know, downtown Vancouver, BC in general, are doing the exact opposite of what you're, you're talking about. And they're providing drugs to these people. And it looked like a war zone. And we posted some pictures on our Facebook page. And I I'd interviewed Aaron Gunn when he'd done his documentary, Vancouver is Dying. And in Canada, if you haven't watched that, by all means, uh, look it up on YouTube. Uh, it's, it's awful. So I really appreciate that you've got a, you, well, you've got a better solution. You can't just keep perpetuating the problem. And uh, I tell you, if, if my brother-in-law and I hadn't been both over six feet tall and in there in the daytime, I don't think it would have been uh, as much fun walking through there. I mean, there's areas where the tents are up on sidewalks and people are strung out on on the, the edge of the street. You've got barely enough room where you can walk single file. I mean, that's not a safe situation for anybody. And it's only two blocks away from Gastown, which is a touristy area of Vancouver where there's lots of upscale shops and and you know lots of vibrant activity so um where where is this is in Toronto is this right in the downtown as well or is this scattered around the city like I heard there was 10 cities in Toronto in one of the public parks correct yeah there's a couple there's Moss Park which has it the worst and we actually used to live not far from there when our when our kids were small and we said we got to get out of here and we moved a little further out to the east end but but we saw it all happen we saw it all unfold and it's not a good situation. It's worsening. And then there's another park, Trinity Bellwoods Park, that has problems as well. And the BIAs and, and all the local people and the police, they tell me, yeah, drugs is, is a major part of this with destabilizing people. And, 
yeah, Tony, you make such a good point about Vancouver. Toronto is not there yet. We're not like San Francisco, and we need to act now to stop it from getting worse. And people, people feel that it's going in a bad direction fast, which is why we got to rally together. We got to support the police, and they don't need fewer resources. They need more resources, and we've really got to focus on that drug treatment. Okay, so municipally, what, what are you able to do uh, for that? Because I know BC, they're working with the provincial government a lot. And Alberta, it's also a provincial approach. What can you do as mayor of Toronto? Yeah, that's a great question. The injection sites are actually some of them run by Toronto Public Health. And we have the ability uh, to work on converting them to treatment facilities. And any new ones that are going to be constructed say, well, hold on a second. Let's not construct these as injection sites let's construct them as treatment facilities. So there are options for the city to act alone. And then to your point, there's a lot of options to, to advocate with the province. And I think Premier Doug Ford, I, I think he wants to see these people get help. So I hope he'll be a willing partner to, to moving more towards treatment. Okay, yeah, fantastic. Really, really happy to hear that. Okay, now I'm not the only Canadian out there who I've got two 21 year olds uh, upstairs in my house right now that are both working but they just can't afford to get a place of their own. And housing in Saskatoon is probably one third of the price as it is in Toronto. What can you do municipally for families like me in your city? Yeah, I mean, first we can stop adding new fees to the situation. There's a lot of tricky fees that are added onto housing. That's an issue. Here in Toronto in particular, we suffer from a supply issue. So we have many more people entering Canada every year with the immigration targets, and a lot of them are landing at Pearson Airport and they're choosing to make Toronto their home. And we have an issue where there are many more people coming to Toronto than there are housing units. So the supply and demand is all out of whack. Everyone's concerned about the rents. Everyone's concerned about the prices. And we have to be approving more projects uh, to go. And we have to have all sorts of new homes being built. Lots of creative things being done. But ultimately, I think we suffer from a supply problem and we suffer from no more little government fees that are actually worsening things and, and jacking the prices up. Okay, now is, uh, is there a red tape problem in Toronto as well? Because that seems to be epidemic, especially in places like Vancouver. Even here in Saskatoon, there's, uh, there's a lot of money. You mentioned fees. I mean, there's 20% added on to the price of your house just with the government fees, not to mention all the inspectors that you're paying to come by and... Yeah, it shouldn't be over a year to build houses. Now, has Toronto got uh, some some red tape issues as well? Yeah, we absolutely do. And uh, we, we're going to, on the campaign trail, announce some specific things that I won't mention now, but we're looking forward to some big announcements about things that we would like to tackle in regards to that. But when it comes to red tape more generally, I'll tell you, Tony, one of the big promises that I've already made is that we're going to do a 90-day review right after we get into office where we take a look at all of the city services and activities that Toronto is doing. And if it's not laser-focused on providing value for taxpayers, and if it's not activities that residents expect their city to be providing, well, bye-bye. We're going to say farewell to that. And some people, the Toronto Star is already writing that oh, it can't be done and we don't want that. We want tax increases. They're already taking shots at my first idea. And I say, look, guys, come on. It's called spring cleaning. It's done every spring. It's not done once every 10 years. Before you even begin to talk about tax increases, you have to have enough respect for the people to go and open the books once a year and reevaluate. And I'll tell you, Tony, we've got things that we're going to be highlighting soon. Expenses that the city's doing, little pet projects. And you're going to say, come on, you're making that up. That's not a real thing. I'm going to say, no, look, they're doing it. Here it is. I mean, it's, it's wild, some of the things that we found. So like I said, the status quo voices have not 
been keeping a firm eye on the cash register. They've been letting some bizarre things go through that we're going to be announcing that these are the first things on the chopping block. These are not services. We're not cutting any services people rely on. Not at all. It's these odd pet projects that we just got to say time out on that. Okay. Yeah. You just, when you're talking about pet projects, I actually am now reminded of a pet project I heard about. It's a few years back. There was somebody talking about building a park over top of union station and mm -hmm. the cost was going to be in the billions. Is that still in, in the pipeline or did that, did that get quashed? Yeah, it's called the rail deck park and they still talk about it and they still bandy it back and forth. And there's a number of sort of big ticket projects like that, that are, that are being floated around. But, uh, you know, when you're talking about pet projects in the billions, well, those are things where we got to slow down and we got to really, really take a look at these things. But that's something where there's not a lot of cash into it yet. It's still one of those dreams. Okay, fantastic. Now, speaking of cash, um, how how committed are you to keeping some of that cash in the, the pockets of the Toronto taxpayer and maybe trying to cut back on tax increases? I mean, all across the country, property taxes go up along with taxes at the provincial and federal level. And uh, so you've got a great opportunity to give the citizens of Toronto a break here. No, absolutely. It's such an excellent point because people are coming up with new ideas left, right, and center. And some of the other candidates coming out of the gate saying tax increases, are we going to put road tolls on the highways? I'm not going to be doing any of that stuff. You got to do the review to find value for taxpayers. And then you got to bring in taxes below the rate of inflation so that people are not 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 eroding their value and all of that. You got to keep the tax increases uh, below inflation as low as possible below that. Fantastic. Now, can you explain a little bit about the strong mayor's legislation that Doug Ford had brought in? Because that would be affecting you in Toronto. So I, I, uh, I, I heard it has some, something to do with budgets. Is there any more powers that a strong mayor has? Uh, yeah, I mean, anything related to a provincial priority the mayor can uh, get something through with only one third of support of council as opposed to 50% of council. That's how it works. Okay. So um, do you have an, can you give me an example of what would be uh, a provincial sort of legislation that you would be able to tackle as a mayor? Well, I guess housing is something that is a provincial priority. So if the mayor wants to expedite something with housing, they could use these strong mayor powers. Strong mayor powers also allow the mayor to have more uh, direct authority over city staff. So you're much more of a CEO in terms of how it's approached now. Okay. So now just going back to our talk about the uh, the drug crisis, uh, would you be able to use strong mayor powers, say, to get some treatment centers built and maybe have a bit more control over how they're administered? Would that be another thing you could do as a strong mayor? I think you could, but I do want to get buy-in. I mean, part of why I'm doing this campaign is these are big ideas I believe in, and I hope everybody's going to come along and, and support them. So something like drug treatment, I, I would hope half of council, more than two-thirds of council, 75% of council would go, all right, we're on board with this. And then you, you get your sort of traditional more than 50% anyway. I, I have no doubts that some of these ideas, you know, they're, they're unifying ideas right now. And I, I really hope we can get everyone on board. Fantastic. Now, a few weeks ago, I actually interviewed Stella Ambler, who is the president of Municipal Watch. And I believe that Andrew Lawton has interviewed her as well. Um, so now you're talking about cooperating with provincial governments. Uh, you really don't want to tackle her for getting out of your lane, do you? <laughs> uh, no, you're right. But you know what? I admire uh, Stella Ambler and Canadian Taxpayers Federation and all those different groups coming together to be watchdogs. And, and you know what? If I have the honor to serve as mayor and then they come out with a report saying, 
look at all this stuff that's going on at City Hall. Mayor Fury, what are you going to do about it? I'm going to say, well, thank you so much for finding that stuff. I didn't know about it. You guys are helping me out. So I'm, I, I'm going to see them as allies in terms of rooting out waste and, and you know, respecting uh, residents and taxpayers. Well, that's a fantastic approach, Anthony. I really appreciate that. Um, now, you've definitely got the everyman charm. And I've got that just from our conversation today here. We had probably what would be a considered an average turnout for municipal elections anywhere. Your last election in Toronto, I believe, was under 30% or right around that 30%. How do you, uh, how do you increase that? Um, you're, you're obviously a very energized candidate. There are some high profile names I've heard, a former police chief, uh, another councillor, et cetera. Um, how do you bump them numbers up? By-elections are traditionally horrible for turnout. No, it's a good point. I think this one's going to be higher than the last one because, you know, to your point, I want to get a high energy, enthusiastic campaign, big, bold ideas that are going to get people talking. Hopefully a lot of people loving them. We know there's always a few people who will grumble that they don't, but let's have that debate. Let's talk about what city we want. I want to provoke a conversation about who really runs this city in Toronto, because right now there's this sense that it's run by the lobbyists, the big corporations, and then the nutty fringe activists who show up kicking and screaming and City Hall caves, they get what they want. That's not who should be running City Hall. The people who should be running City Hall are the regular folks, the hockey moms, the soccer dads, the folks stuck in their car all day, stuck on transit, just wanting to get home uh, to see their families, the small and medium business owners. That's who I want to put in charge. That's who I want to elevate. And I hope those folks, you know, will join me in this, in this citywide conversation we're having as I uh, make a uh, hopefully make the bid for the mayor's seat. Excellent. Now, you mentioned transit. That was one more question I wanted to ask. There does seem to be uh, quite an increase in violence on the, in the TTC. Um, what can you do about that as mayor? Is there a way to get more security in the TTC, or is that a police issue? Uh, how do we address that? Uh, yeah, I mean, technically, it's these special constables, but then there's talk about getting police officers more involved in transit, and I do support all of that. People need to feel safe. At the same time, because these are random attacks, I go back to what I was saying, what you and I were talking about, the hopefully unifying idea of let's deal with the drugs, because I know when they talk about mental health challenges, sometimes these mental health challenges have been brought on by a drug-induced psychosis. So really focus in on, on that to try and reduce the number of people who are uh, in this volatile state. And when it comes to transit in general, we, we got some big announcements we're going to make that I'm, I'm really excited about getting out of the gate on but it's going to be about expediting transit construction because we got some lines that should have been open already. One of them, it's, it's unbelievable. There's a transit line that's pretty much complete. They haven't opened it. People are really frustrated. Others in the works. And we just want to move, 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 get faster uh, on these transit lines that uh, are under construction. Now, is that a Metrolinx problem or is that just a TTC problem? Yeah, it, it is predominantly Metrolinx, which, as you know, is a provincial agency, but it's all about partnerships and it's all about accountability and answering to the people. As you know, there's only one taxpayer, so I'm not going to be a guy who just sits there and blames this level of government or that agency. I'm going to say, all right, well, I'm going to fight for the people and I'm going to I'm going to really go and, and, and just try and hold this place to account, whatever voice that I can be. Uh, to get something done, I'm going to say I'm going to go the distance every way I can rather than just, you know, blame whoever it is, a premier, or prime minister or, or some bureaucrat. Excellent. Well, that's fantastic to hear that you just want to get things done. Now, before we started recording the show, you mentioned that in Toronto, donations to municipal candidates are 
actually refundable. And that's something I hadn't heard of because out here in the prairies, we uh, we just give out of the generosity of our wallets for municipal level politics and then provincial and federal get a tax credit. So uh, I want to encourage anybody to go to fury.ca and if you've got a few dollars, you can you can throw Anthony's way. He can certainly use it for his campaign. And um, Anthony, best of luck to you. So um, before we wrap it up here, um, why don't you give us a little pitch? Why should Toronto be voting for you? Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. And yeah, the website is fury.ca, F-U-R-E-Y.ca. I'm a fresh voice. I'm a fresh perspective at a time when the status quo voices who got us to this place where we have all these concerns are not the people to get us out of it. We need to have a conversation about who runs this city. We need to bring it back to the regular folks. And we need to respect those tax dollars by doing those proper reviews right from day one to go through all the books and see, look, if this is not something that people expect when they're handing over their hard-earned dollars, well, then maybe we should say bye-bye to it. Excellent. So let's go to fury.ca and let's support Anthony Fury. Um, Toronto, he is one of you. He's a, a regular dad with three young kids who just wants to make his city better. So let's go to fury.ca. If you can help him out, by all means, help him out. And how's, how's your volunteer team, Anthony? Could you use some more help on the ground? You know, it's it's doing well, but we could definitely use more help on the ground. We could always do with more help. And, you know, it's 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 about community. It's about people of, of uh, similar values just coming together and knocking on doors and connecting with others. So uh, we're building the team, but it's growing even further. And we would love to hear uh, from from anybody out there. The emails furycampaign at gmail.com is one of our contacts. And, and, and we'd love to hear from folks. Okay. And what day is the vote? June 26. It formally starts April 3rd. That's the day that uh, uh, everything starts, the day you can start receiving the donations. And then June 26, that's uh, that's the day of the vote. So three months and we're looking forward to, to going all in and working hard. And look, I'm not someone who feels he's owed anything. Every single vote you got to work for and you got to make a real connection with every single person to, to go out and, and, and earn that. Fantastic. Well, Anthony, it was great meeting you today. And uh, Toronto, you've got three months to get to know Anthony better. So uh, let's get at it, get out there and let's get that voting percentage up. Uh, Anthony, come back, talk to us anytime. Great talking to you today. All right. I love it. Thank you for the opportunity, Tony. All right. And thank you, Canada. That was Anthony Fury. He wants to be the next mayor of Canada's biggest city. So vote Anthony Fury in Toronto. Um, thank you for joining us, Canada. It is Tony in Saskatchewan, and we will talk to you soon. This is Canadian Common Sense with Lewis and Tony.